Coming up on Monkeys Took My Jetpack. Zach Justinian, rocket ship captain. Where did you get your damn pilot license? In the same place you got your tact. Did you hear the silent jerk face after that? Do you have a plan? I'm best qualified for giving orders and being a badass. It's more what you call a guideline than an actual rule. No wonder nothing's going right. I'm on a ship with two women. There was that sexist and patronizing enough. Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you put it in your mouth. Last off for action and adventure. Boom. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, and thank you for downloading Monkeys Took My Jetpack, issue number 47. We're taking a quick break from our Dresden Files campaign to give you a test run of the Cosmic Patrol role-playing game. This is retro sci-fi. You got rocket ships. You got aliens. You got robots. All kinds of fun stuff. So, we're going to check it out. I'm not even going to bother with the cast list because we create our characters, or more accurately, we pick our characters uh, during the session. So, let's just get on with it, shall we? Grab a cup, bottle, glass, or can of your favorite beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Monkeys took my jetpack number 47, the CON Protocol. So what do you feel like doing if nobody shows up? Because I'm totally up for Galactic Patrol, or was it Cosmic Patrol? Cosmic Patrol. I would be up for it, except for the fact that I haven't read the rules since I first got the game, which was like a year or so ago. Not that there is really a whole hell of a lot of rules to learn. It's very, very, very rules light, but I'm not sure I even... Who among us actually has the... uh, Since we all would be taking turns in the GM... See, excuse me, <clears throat> lead narrator seat throughout each mission. Who among us has the Cosmic Patrol rules? I got it, and I'm looking at it right now. Okay. I don't have it, so I'm not looking at it right now. Okay. Well, we can okay, play Cosmic Patrol and not have to break any piracy laws. The con protocol. I refuse to do the line. <laughs> Anything with con. Oh, yes, yes. I'll do it for you. The con protocols. <laughs> it's the free RPG day adventure that they gave out. It's an adventure? Or- it's like a, well, it's like a quick start thing. It's an adventure, gotcha. but it's, got, but it's got characters and quick start, and I haven't even read the damn thing yet, so I should probably take a glance at it. So I'm just going to play one of the characters in there. What's this game about? File. Pulp Adventure in Space. I think what? Doc or, um, oh man, Doc, da, 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 the Lensman series. Unless right, right, my right. Mark, I think that was one of their. That was one of their inspirations. That and, well, anything from Flash Gordon to the old X minus one radio drama series. 
Although, I don't know why they have that as an inspiration, because that's like an episode of, thanks to International Detective Dragons from Outer Space. There you go. Okay, I'm ready to play. Let's go. Play a red Amazon. There's a carrot on the screen behind me. Can you see it? That marks the exact point in space where rocket ship M disappeared when the moon men claimed it. Right there. Now look behind you. What do you see? Through the lower left viewport. Earth. When rocket ship exploration moon lifted off, we thought the universe was ours to explore. We didn't know about the moon men, or the Igor, or the Hamanahe. We knew all that. We not caught it, not believed it, knew it. 500 years ago, we all knew that the world was flat. Five minutes ago, you, we knew that we were the only life on the... Never mind. That's not from this thing. That was the beginning of the uh, con protocol. If we were going to attempt to play this, you would have to have a copy of it because you would need the mission briefing that we would be using. Ah, so we would be using the con protocol if we were to attempt to play it. Right. That's why I was sending the file. Oh, I just figured you did because maybe it had the rules in it. Well, I think it does. It's the free RPG quick start. A lot of games do this. They have an adventure and then they have just enough rules to get you through the adventure. But in the case of Cosmic Patrol... That's pretty much all the... It's it, Like I said, when I say it's rules light, even for me, it's rules light. There are very few... There's a basic mechanic, and then there's combat. And the combat is not much more than just... You have a combat stat, and you use that as your stat for the basic mechanic. Wow, this guy that given the briefing is kind of a dick. Well, he's, you know, like a pulp space captain. yeah. <laughs> You ever see Heston of the Apes? No, I know a lot of the lines that people quote, but I've not seen... uh... This guy took Planet of the Apes, and he took out all the parts that were not Charlton Heston talking. (laughs) And the movie is 20 minutes long, and the first (laughs) 10 of it is just Heston being a dick to his crewmates. They're on this planet stranded in the far future, and for like half... Of his dialogue, he's like, everyone you ever knew is dead. They're all dead. We're stuck here alone and everyone else is dead. Dead, dead, dead. It's just going on. (laughs) It's hilarious. Yeah, that's kind of what this guy's... Yeah. That's probably the Wuppetum they had in mind. Okay, so Moondog looks like you're picking up Tolverid, the red Amazon. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I may have to go with the Venusian scientist just for the cue, seeing what it will do if I ingest it. <laughs> As I once actually had to tell one of my friends, dude, if you don't know what it is, don't put it in your mouth. There's a public service announcement based on that premise. Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you put it in your mouth. <laughs> That's the one. That is the one. Yep. That's terrifying, man. Puppets. <laughs> terrifying puppets. <laughs> I listened to a podcast called Slice of Sci-Fi, and they've been playing it on there. That's no, it was floating around one of the places I was working a while uh, ago. Uh, ask someone you love before you put anything in your mouth. <laughs> but your mind's like, you got to come see this nightmare. <laughs> I was like, thanks. That's not going to haunt me in my dreams. Okay, so I done chose the character. Well, shit. Oh, sorry, man. I it's can go looking, back No, it's looking choice. like I may have spoke too soon about this whole thing not being... 
the briefing page was fine, but everything else on the next two pages is crap. Um, so I don't know if... Oh, wait. Here we go. What the hell? They must just have a lot of weird shit at the top of the page or something. What it's reading is a bunch of random letters and shit. I'm wondering if there's something along the border of the pages that is causing this. It's very strange. Could be. Or maybe there's writing along the sides that is... It might be, or it could just be some weird formatting. Maybe, yeah. In any case, it's fucking annoying is what it is. Because I can tell there's writing at the bottom of the page. Just go through and by trial and error, eliminate all the gibberish by cutting. Well, if it was a text file, I could do that, but I'm, it's a reader. Well, convert to a text file, dude. Uh, will it, Use will a voice-to-speech protocol and a virtual audio cable. <laughs> Wire it back into your screen. <laughs> <laughs> and if I Then convert it to text and then cut it. And then if I route it through to the deflector dish... And reverse the polarity that's right, the and the on stream. And employ the phase inducer at just the right moment. <laughs> I can overload the temporal flux capacitor and keep from blowing the damn things straight to hell. What the hell is a gigawatt? <laughs> oh, no, no, they say it all fucked up. Gigawatt. Okay, we got brawn brains. We know what brawn brains are. Charisma, the ability to lead, or to talk about a situation. Oh, wow, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, the combat stat is this all-purpose combat stat. You and your friends form the crew of a cosmic patrol rocket ship and blast off for action and adventure in a wild galaxy. I've got my character printed out. Awesome. That's so we're just game. waiting on me, is what it boils down to. I really enjoyed reading this game. Yeah, I, you know, for me, that's half the fun of games a lot of times, is just reading them and seeing the ideas that people come up with. Even if I never use them, I don't feel like I have to. I, I get a lot of enjoyment just out of seeing what people do. Okay, this is all starting to come back to me now, as far as the rules go. Well, I'll tell you what, if you guys... Since we all take turns being lead narrator, and you guys can read through this a lot faster than I can, if you guys want to try this, I can pick a patrolman, and I'll just go last in the lead narration lineup so I can kind of see. Because I'm sure once we start playing, I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember how this works now. Because I did read the rules, and there aren't that many of them to remember. So did I some time ago. That means I have to go back and actually read some of these rules here. Okay, boom. First up, choose a patrolman. I think we both did that. Yeah, I'm just kind of reading through it now. Yep. I think really page 17 might be the mission brief. Okay. It looks fairly straightforward. Like, we take turns as the lead narrator. The lead narrator basically is the one who sets the scene. And that setting of the scene follows a structure as given by the mission brief section. And in each scene, each player goes once. So like on this one, page 18. Roger. This is the con protocol part one crash mm-hmm. landing. So whoever takes the lead narrator, I think, would run that scene first. Okay. And then if you go to the next page, it says the con protocol part two abduction. Maybe that scene gets in the run next. 
Gotcha. So it looks like scene one, it gives us the basic layout of the scene, and then it's up to the lead narrator how to interpret that? I think that's the way I'm reading it. That's the way I'm reading it, so we're probably both wrong then. <laughs> so the objective of scene within part one. So scene, if you look under enemies, obstacles, scene one mm-hmm. is going through the wreckage. Scene two, the crew must make its way along with any salvage gear to the research facility. Yep. Scene three is once the crew has managed to enter the facility, they need to gather data from all the remaining. And I think each scene would be sort of one large turn in the game where one person would be lead narrator Everybody narrates for their patrolman, uh, and then it moves on to the next scene, I think. Yeah. But I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm going to go back to the narration section to take a look. Yeah, no problem. Okay, no, scenes can have any number of turns just until they're kind of played out. Here's the problem that I have with this game. What is your problem? It tells me what to do. What I mean by That's that... So. Well, look at part four, scene one. Create a massive distraction to take attention of the, of the approaching main force of the Cosmic Patrol fleet. Well, what if I don't get there? I think the game, at least the way it's laid out here, I think when you normally play, it's a lot more open. I think this is intended to sort of provide a framework for creativity, so it's going to be a little bit more restricted. Yeah, the whole name of the game is improv, really. But since we all know the scenes that we're going to be playing, I mean, that's one thing that threw me for a loop. Everybody reads the mission briefing, so everybody knows, if at all possible, by scene four, we're supposed to be there. So you can try and tweak things to get... Or you just throw it out and... Well, that's what I would want to do. Which one? Throw it out. Well... I think with this group, we definitely could start with whatever, and then if it goes in a different direction, I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with that. Nah. I think it's supposed to be more of a guideline than an actual hard and fast rule. It's more what you call a guideline than an actual rule. (laughs) Thank you, Barbosa. It was probably a terrible Barbosa impression, but, you know, it's the idea crossed. Yep. Okay, okay, right. So what if we just sort of use this as a starting point and then see where the journey takes us? Aye, that Man. sounds like a worthy goal. I read Rogue Robot Chef. It's not. It's Rogue Robot Chief. I kind of like the idea of Rogue, <laughs> Rogue Robot, Robot Chef. Chef. <laughs> Most people call them green onions, but they are really scallions. <laughs> You start us, then. <coughs> what? <coughs> start away. Oh, hell. No, I'm last, remember? That's what we agreed upon. No. No, no, we had a That's secret meeting. That's what you stated. Nobody agreed to anything. Well, see, you don't understand. When I state something, unless someone speaks up right away, I'm that's... Oh, so sorry. I that's... misunderstood. You're right. Okay, try. You go first. Okay, cool. I can do that. He's, he's cool. He'll do that. Let me move us on over here. 
I now understand I have a very tenuous grasp on how this works. Don't worry Usually about it. I we'll like make it up as we go anyway. you got three plot points. <laughs> oh, good God. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. What? Plot points? Shit. Yeah, plot I know. Points. We could be in trouble here. What's that from, actually? Three plot points? From the game. I write it. Oh, okay. So how do we use plot points? It can take away damage. Mm-hmm. You can put twist in the... Like when I'm narrating and you want to twist my scene up, you can use plot points to put ah. a twist into it. Okay, gotcha. On there. It's on... Solid, where'd it go? Okay, on so, yeah, I see you're on page seven. seven. All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, as the narrator, what exactly am I doing here? I know I'm establishing the scene. Let me take another quick look at this. Giving a narrative of the current situation and advancing the plot. Okay. And my patrolman actually would go last. So, it sounds like I set the scene, and then each of y'all react... And then I would talk about what, you know, for example, the scientist is doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let me take a look at their example here. Ah, uh, yeah, and they do the whole yes and thing. Okay, so let me take a look at our first section here. So, rocket ship XJ-9, with its stalwart crew was on its way to investigate the reason for uh, the disappearance, or at least radio silence, of Star Runner 6, a freighter that makes regular runs out through this area, when the rocket ship was set upon by space pirates. Badly damaged, it had crash-landed on an asteroid, and we see our... Well, I don't actually don't know if I establish what we're doing. I think I just set the situation. So, the rocket ship has crash-landed and is very badly damaged. In fact, it's basically destroyed. The nose cone of it is lying at the end of a long furrow, and the tail section, still smoking and kind of flaming from the little pipes on the end, you know, the rocket exhaust nozzles, is sticking straight up at the other end of this furrow. There's supplies and parts scattered everywhere in between. And visible on a ridge of asteroidal rock pitted with craters and all gray is a multi-legged domed robot which is just standing there surveying the scene with its sensor clusters. Is it carrying any uh, culinary equipment in its... (laughs) It does not appear to be a rogue robot chef. No. (laughs) No, I can't get that out of my head. That is just brilliant. (laughs) In fact, it's clearly some sort of maintenance robot. Looks like an older model. And the fact that it is just standing there is a little bit unusual. They, they typically don't exhibit anything like curiosity. So, is our ship just the three of us on it, or is there other people on it, too? I think it's just the three of us. Okie dokie. So, I'm playing an Amazon woman. Yes. A red what Amazon. What are you guys playing? He's playing the Venusian scientist, 
and I don't know who I'm playing yet. That's the first thing you're supposed to do, Eric. I was Get your character. <laughs> that was step one. What the hell, step man! One. You're mean to me. I'm always mean to you. I'm grumpy old Thomas the Bear, even when I'm playing a hot little hefty red Amazon woman. What's your guys' character names? Vekoran. Vekoran? Vekoran. Close enough. No, no, no. Not Zathris. Zathris. Math, not Zephyr's skill. You're just going to play Zap. The rocket ship captain. Be- because Zurilla. Zure- wait. Zurilla. Marine? I think her name is Baker Zurilla. And then her Marine is, is what Marine. I am. But that means we have no captain. And no pilot. Which is probably not a good... So, well, we can use our stats as pilot. I guess I'm assuming this is the kind of game where we all could be a pilot if we needed to. Makes sense to me. No, you know, this guy's kind of an asshole. I don't know if I want to play him. Play him differently. Now, my problem you guys can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> But you know the hero in a lot of these films from this stuff was awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, very much so. By the way, Becca is a female. Oh, is that how you say that? Becca? Okay, that makes sense. Yes, it is. That's why it says... Under tags, Earth Woman. Earth Woman. (laughs) And I'm from Earth. I'm from Mars. (laughs) I love it. which we call Mars. That's that's my favorite thrilling adventure hour. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Series. Yeah, we're very triplanetary, which I think it's actually the name of one of the Lensman books. Minus one to Braun. Where the hell are your stats, lady? The woman's. You probably can't see them because they're up above and they're in diamond shape. Oh Jesus! That's they're right. All that way. That's why I was resistant to play this game sooner, because I was like, shit, I have to have somebody help me with the character sheets. Because everybody wants to go all graphic and crap nowadays. It's real easy. They're all die fours. They're all die fours, really? No. (laughs) That would suck. (laughs) You're not very good at anything. Yeah. I'm a crappy Marine. (laughs) Hey, guys, I'm in the Army. Let me see what other characters we got here. We got the Venusian scientist. That's already taken. We've we got two Venusian, Venusian scientists. The only two you have to choose from is Becca. Oh, okay. You could. We could have two Red Amazons, I guess. Nah. Sisters. So we got Becca or Zach. Rogue robot chef. <laughs> no, that's the NPC. <laughs> the real Iron Chef. That's right. <laughs> really, you think up on this planet it'd be iron? I don't think so. Yeah, good point. But hey, if you want to go with that, you can for a plot point. So I guess, unless I missed one, the only choice I have is Becca. Or Zach. She's page 13, he's page 12. Oh, okay. He's rocket ship captain. Oh, there he is. Zach Justinian, rocket ship captain. Yeah, that's who I'm going to play. I can give you your stats if you want. There's not that many. 
What is my brawn? D8. And brains? D8. And... Charisma? Thank you. I couldn't remember what the next stat was. D10. Combat? D8. You're a ray gun pistol expert at D10. And your luck is number four. You know how luck works? Yep. If I... I actually read that one. <laughs> how does luck work? Luck, if you roll that number on your die, it's a success no matter what. So if you're awesome. doing, like, combat, you have a D8, and you roll a four on that D8, then it automatically succeeds. That's pretty cool. I like that. That's now, can. what if you roll a four on the D12? Does that still count as an automatic luck success? If that is your ability die that you're using, or your stat die, then yes. My bronze a D8, my charisma is a D10. So if I'm rolling something that I'm using my charisma, it's always the number four. It doesn't matter what die you're rolling, just... Right, but what I'm saying is when you roll, if I understand the core mechanic, when you're trying to do something, you roll a a D12 plus your stat die. It's only the stat die. Okay, it's only the stat die. Right. If you're being the lead narrator and it's your character's turn to act, you just roll his dice as well. You roll all the dice for the NPCs and for your character. Okay. I don't see anything about initiative or how to go, except you go to to the left. Like, if you're sitting at a table, the player to the left, but we don't really sit at a table. Well, then we can go by... Let's just go by Blind Geek's order. Yeah, Blind Geek always goes first. Except for lead narrator. My name does start... Well, he goes last, I think. Yes. Yeah, so it'd be... But as far as who takes lead narrator, I think we can just go left from your screen there, Blind Geek, if that works for you. I was just going to go alphabetical. That works, too. So it'd be me... So BMT, um, what? Blank Geek, Bacon, Danny's Tomato, and yeah, exactly. No, Blank Geek, Moon Dog, Trilobite. So who goes first? He goes last because he's the narrator. For right, scene. right. Yep, they give me a break. That. So you go before me. Yep. Go ahead, Blind. Okay, I'm sorry. You had set up the scene and we went to hell and back from there. So where we've crash landed. Man. Yep, we got a robot staring at us. If you have a problem, they say use one of your cues. So I'm looking at my cues right now. All right. I'm going to use smile didn't work, but I haven't tried smiling yet, so I smile at the robot. Hello, friend robot. The robot advances slowly down the screen, picking its way carefully over the rock slope, and several of the lights on the front bank underneath its center clusters blink in uh, meaningless patterns. Instead of any sort of standard automated reply, it's just letting out weird clicks and squeals. Okay. I look at the Venusian... Or is that my turn? How do we differentiate when it's a new turn? Well, let me take a look at turns here. But I think basically like a turn is each person going around... And then a scene lasts as many turns as necessary to resolve it. Okay. And I think I'm getting somebody's pulse off their microphone or yeah, something. Yeah, me too. I'm hearing it. Uh, Eric. Well, I think oh. your microphone might be in a different position. Too. It was. Ah, uh, now he's so loud. No, that's good. 
Okay. So you smile at the robot. Is that my action, or can I do something else? Does one's turn end when you roll something? Because I was going to look at the Venusian scientist, who I happen to know from the example that I happened to read when I was reading the rules, has his specialty of robot expert. If I can fit this into my turn, I was going to ask, does that look like a malfunctioning robot to you, or is that the way he's supposed to look, would you say? Let me take a look at their examples here, but I think it's pretty much like uh, you do this, and then the next person kind of goes, and then it goes on to the next one, sort of like one action at a time. Okay. That's my feeling. But I think if, I, if memory serves, I think you're right. So then, yeah, my action was smiling at the robot. Hello, friend. Hello there. <laughs> I'm sitting in my chair buckled up. I turn to Zach, say, by the sands of my tribe, what? Where did you get your damn pilot license? As I start to unbuckle myself. I got it from the same place you got your tact. <laughs> oh, I'm stuck with a comedian. That's Captain Comedian to you. Fekaran, meanwhile, unbuckles himself. He's, uh... Oh, wait, wait. Look at the picture here. Fekaran is a she. Okay. I'll be damned. <laughs> Good thing to know. You know, mammals. It's sometimes easy to distinguish, sometimes not. You guys all look the same to me with your two eyes and your one head. Vikaran unbuckles herself. She's upside down in the seat of the crash and drops to the floor. The heavy thud stands up, adjusting her tool belt and bringing out a sensor and says... Captain, I'm uh, picking up an odd signal. It's standard maintenance robot protocols from 50 years ago, quite outmoded, but this is heavily degraded, as if from some sort of malfunction in the central computer. Hmm. Totally facing away from the giant rent in the hull, which reveals the robot that's picking its way toward the crash site, looking at her scanner. I take out my... Uniwave communicator, and I'm going to try and see if maybe the transmissions are gibberish because of the fact that we're on the wrong frequency band. Aha. Uh-huh. So trying to gather some information about it. That sounds like that might have a chance of failure. I agree. So let's see. I think that would be a D12 plus the stat die. And I'm not sure if anything else comes into play. I would say brains comes into play there. Yeah, I think that'd be the stat die. So D12 plus whatever your brain stat die is. And then they talk about modifiers and stuff. And then the GM rolls a D20, and you have to beat the D20. Oh, goody dice. I rather enjoy rolling them. (laughs) Good luck, sucker. I got an eight. Awesome. So what happens in a tie? Don't know. Ties always go to the player. <laughs> That's usually how I like to run things, but I'm curious to see what they say. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Your D12 plus your... You, you did roll a D12 in addition to your... Yes, range, I did. I right? rolled a three and a five. Okay. Roger. Which resulted in eight. I can do damn arithmetic. Did you did you hear the silent jerk face after that? (laughs) (laughs) 
And you shall be designated the milk of a butt. Bonifier's <laughs> ranges, unusual circumstances. Rocket ship combat. Wow. I'm I must be missing it. It would be in the core mechanic section, which is I think on page ten. Yeah, precisely. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh no no, I'm I'm like I'm agreeing with you as in I think that's exactly where it would be and I think I'm just missing it. Hmm. Let me see. Okay, well that's cool, man. So yeah, the signal is attenuated as if by distance, maybe the central computer is on the opposite side of the asteroid. But regardless of that, it's full of all kinds of weird junk code and stuff. These robots are getting all kinds of crazy instructions. Clearly, the central computer is malfunctioning. Okay. Well, it looks like the central computer is malfunctioning, according to the readings that we're getting. We better do something before that computer decides to tell them to blow us sky high. That would be my area. My actual take care of this problem. And I start heading towards it. An excellent idea. I'm glad I thought of it. <laughs> and from what I'm reading here in the examples, we all can sort of decide things about the scene as well. Okay. So if I had made, well, I did make the role, I could have dictated what the thing was going to be. Is that what I'm understanding? It looks like you can add some details and stuff here. Okay. We'll kind of keep going. Okay. For Corin says, yes, it's an older code, but it checks out. <laughs> I knew, I knew it. <laughs> there must be a maintenance somewhere on this asteroid. And she turns, still staring at her scanner, and wanders out, steps perilously close to a crater. And goes wandering off behind the barbarian, sort of zigzagging back and forth, completely unaware of the treacherous terrain around her. What is her name? Vekaran. Vekaran, be careful! Mm, yes. Not looking up at all. <laughs> okay, so I think that's everybody, which means it comes back around to me. Right. Barbarian woman. Give me your character's name again, real quick. Tolverid. Tolverid. Is it Tol or Tolverid? Tolverid. Okay. Tolverid. Yes. As you talk toward the robot, it is stalking toward you. A number of its lights go red, and a menacing-looking tool arm deploys from underneath it, snapping vice jaws and whirling drill bits, reaching out toward you. Okay. I think that's totally some sort of attack. Let's see how that works. Ooh, combat. Okay. Combat die. Plus modifiers. Dun, dun, dun. All weapons fall on the thing. Okay. That's definitely close. Yeah, this thing is picking its way carefully along because the gravity here is really low and it's holding onto each rock as it moves downward. Moving carefully. I'm going to use my axe to block. Awesome. Let's see, that's Rogue Robot Chief, an Uth minion. Don't really see anything in particular about the main robots themselves. I'll just knock that down one die type from the Chief. I got a seven. Awesome. Combat die plus modifiers plus combat stat die. Okay, the player would use that die rather than the combat stat die. Okay, so let's take a look here. 
basically you have a die eight versus my die ten. Although I'm going to knock this down to a D6 because what they list here is Rogue Robot Chief, and I don't think this is a chief. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So Tolverid has Martian Axe Master, and that's listed as a special die. Yep. So you would use that as your combat die. That's why I rolled a D10 instead of a D12. Okay. I see how that works. Wait, Unless instead of a D12? Don't... No, you roll that in addition to your D12, sir. Like a D12 too? Yeah, you roll the two and add them together. It doesn't say that. It says combat stat die plus modifiers versus combat stat die plus. Oh, modifiers. maybe they. What the hell? Okay, it says maybe here, you're right. Yeah, I don't think special you do. die. If a patrolman has a special die that is combat related and appropriate to the current situation, which this definitely is, the player will use that die rather than the combat die. Right, yeah. but what he was saying, I think I was mistaken. I was wrong. When you're in combat, you don't roll the D12 and your combat die. You right. just roll your combat die. Right. Which is But odd. in your case... Your no, in his, in his case, he'd roll his special die. But in his case, the combat die is the D12. Well, the combat die is a better die. Right. So, so why then would I ever why want would to you use... use your axe? What the hell? Quickly, men, throw your axes away. <laughs> huh. Perhaps the Dixie typo? Perhaps there is a flaw. I do more damage with the axe. Ah. Okay. So you're a badass hand-to-hand combatant. Yeah, but you would do the damage with the axe whether you use the combat die or the special die. But if you're not using the axe, don't get the axe damage. True. So she's a badass hand-to-hand combatant, but some stuff, like robot, you don't just punch him. Right. It doesn't work. Okay. That makes sense to me. We'll have to see how it works out. All right. Let me go back to combat here. Wow, this takes me back, man, because it's been a while since I've played a game while learning. <laughs> you know, where you so, have to flip back and forth. Yeah. So if you're going to drop that down to a die six for his combat, you don't have to roll this turn because I get a seven. Awesome. But what if I want to roll this turn? Then you go ahead and do so. Okay. And I'm going to say that it gets a... It's. Uh, I have no idea what modifiers are like here, but plus two is usually the GM's friend. So <laughs> it's on high ground, so it gets plus two. And you are approaching, and I'm not going to give you a minus for that. Oh, so a grand total of four. Okay. So let's see how that works. You got, what, a seven? Yeah, you missed Okay, and then this thing got a four, and I don't think you use any damage. You get any damage with that or anything? No. Because you're just blocking. Yep. Okay, dramatic music playing, buzzsaw grinding against the axe, sparks going everywhere, little cheap movie effects, smoke going up. Nice. All right. Who's up? Okay. Well, my smile didn't work, so I'm pulling out my ray gun. Mm-hmm. I'm firing a couple shots at this thing. Okay. And we're in combat, so I don't roll D12. I roll my D10 for ray gun, right? Yes. I can see how sense. once we get this down, it's going to fly, because it's yeah, not... Yeah, will. Yeah. Like okay. most systems. Yeah. I got an 8. I'd say it's high ground doesn't apply here. And in fact, I can't really see what all it can do... 
maybe it's at medium range. If I remember correctly, don't you get a slight modifier for that? It basically says all modifiers are determined by the leading irritator. Oh, okay, well, hell. Oh, okay, wait, wait. I think you get a modifier if stuff is used further out. But I'd say this thing is in range for your rape pistol, because that's how these scenes work in movies. And I'm just going <laughs> to... Awesome. I'm just going to have it roll because it's a robot, so it's tough and it has redundant parts and stuff. Ooh. But a mighty one, I think, does nothing there. Ah. Okay. So what'd you get? I got eight, and my ray gun does... I'm not sure how much damage, because I can't read the damn... Ray gun does two. Two. And it's a robot, so it's probably got a shitload of armor pips. Oh, nice. So I've just canceled out its armor. Pretty much, yeah. Nice. Okay, so how does the damage mechanic work here? You're looking at the rogue robot chief? Yeah, let me go ahead and move over there. I'm looking at the combat section at the moment. Okay, here we are. So he's got two pips at the top. That's his armor. Right. Second line, as soon as he starts taking damage there, which technically he's there now. Yeah. So he's minus one to brawn. When he okay. gets down to the third line, it's minus another minus one to brawn and a minus one to combat. Okay. And if he basically he can take about six points of damage. The the chief can take about six points of damage and then he's knocked down. Gotcha. Okay, but wait a second. He hasn't lost any of his actual health yet, he's just lost his armor. But he takes two, which fills up that row, and he and already has again. a check against him on minus one to brawn. But I th- yeah, when the first X on the second row is reached, the character immediately applies a minus one penalty to all future brawn die rolls. Which he's reaching um, it by you taking the two off the top. Yeah, to me, that's how that reads. Oh, okay, I would have thought armor makes you impervious to that, and then once your armor's gone, then you start counting off the stuff from the... And I think that's pretty much exactly how it works, and right now his armor is totally gone, so, right. so he, he immediately goes down. Because... Maybe the armor has something modifying his brawn. Okay. That, if that's what we're agreed upon, then that's what we'll do. That's what we're going with. Sir. Okay, that's fine. I'm just... Now, when, when you're narrating <laughs> that rule, if you want. <laughs> well, no, I can't see the fucking graphic on the character sheet, so I don't know if... Uh, like I said, to me, as I understand it, the health thing has its own graphic thing. Mm-hmm. It does. And then, but But the first thing to go is the armor pips. Once the armor pips, you're still at full health. You've just lost your armor. And then once you get the next... So, since I he has two armor pips and my ray gun did two damage, mm-hmm. I would think I would think he's fine for now, but the next time he gets hit, it's going to affect the graph of health, and that's when he'd start taking minuses from... from yeah, uh, it, it may work that way, too. But I'd have to like read it a little bit more carefully and then compare it to how they write it in other areas. Right. Well, I know it says that the armor and goes... also see if they have an example of combat. Yeah, I, I know it says that armor goes first because I read that when I was looking for my character. Yep. But as far as when that minus one comes in, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. We'd have to check it out. Okay. But what I'm curious about is where the damage actually comes from. Is it added to successes or anything like that? Or is it simply, if you succeed, you do the damage of your weapon? If you succeed, you do the damage is how I'm interpreting it. Yeah, that's okay. okay, that works for me. All right, there's the captain. 
So I think that brings us to Vecaron and this, or excuse me, Velcor, or Tolvered. I don't care. Yeah, I was just reading a little bit more about it. It doesn't really make it clear. Okay. I have so, to look at the main book and see about examples and all. Tolvered screams out, I desire to punish the weak this day, and does a spin and brings the axe down toward what I would consider the head of the robot. I hit automatically. Oh, hey. We're nice. I rolled a two, and my luck is a two. Nice. So that's an automatic success. So your axe is damage. That's four. Ooh, that's a serious axe, man. Okay, here we go. Yo, 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 lay it on me, dog. Uh, weapons column has that list of weapons. The character started the game with his damage value. Whenever a character takes damage, the damage is first applied to the armor column of the dossier. Once all armor pips are off, marked off, mm-hmm. damage begins to apply to the health column, and if that happens, things are serious. Mm-hmm. Right. So as soon as those two pips got marked off, we start applying damage to the health column. It already has one X already there marked off, therefore you take the minus one at that point. Oh, okay. Well, there you... Okay. That's, that's how I interpret Okay, well, okay, that's fine. Like I said, I can't see the... I mean, y- you guys both have the... Uh, have, uh... Okay. Well, well, that works for me. That's fine. I was just trying to see if the rules... That sounds like that's what it is, then. Let's assume we're fighting a chief right now, just for all purposes. He sure. technically has four more pips left. So if I axe out all those pips, is he done? Or do we have to kill, hit him one more time because he, we didn't move to the next column? I see him all X, so to me that counts as like... He's, he's just at Just at first blush, I would read that like filled in from Spirit of the Century type rules. Health column of the dossier takes the form of a flow chart. Players start at the top mm-hmm. left-hand pip and move to the right until the first row is marked off. Which we marked off the first row with your two damages. Yep, and then it you says, do four. When the first X on the second row is reached, at that point that X is being reached, the character immediately applies a minus one penalty to all future Brondi's. And if, in fact, it is a flowchart, that's how the language of flowcharts would treat it. So anyway, with four damage, that fills in all the remaining open circles here. So, on this, this thing is destroyed. So tell me... So she brings the axe down and slices what she considers to be the robot head in half, basically. And then the axe partially goes into the chest cavity and gets stuck there. She turns around and pulls the axe out and says, my axe can unstuck anything. <laughs> Just using one of my cues. There, it's fixed. <laughs> no longer malfunctioning. That would get us to the Zekaron? Yep. Yeah, they really need an example of... Oh, well, fuck it. I don't care. I think Their they have example, it in the main they, book. Well, they have it well, maybe in the main book. Yeah, probably. I'm sorry. I know I'm harping on it. It just it's it bugs me because it's like what's what's the point of having the armor then if taking the two already drops him down to minus one of I mean he's already on the first X of the health column. Yeah, but yeah. not everybody has just two armor. I have four armors. So I've if got through mine. Okay. And if somebody just did one damage, gotcha. You wouldn't be suffering any ill effects. Okay. Gotcha. I'll bet you a combat robot would have like five. 
Yeah, it would be would have like five or yeah, something that's, like that. That's probably okay. Cool. So, Captain, by the strength of this signal, I believe it is currently not strong enough to reach Cosmic Patrol headquarters. However, if we could find the proper equipment, it would be possible to modify the transmitter to boost the signal strength and send a distress call. I think you're best qualified to get on that and make it happen. So make it so, number one. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong wrong universe. I did what I was best qualified for, so I'm going to relax now. And I'm best qualified for giving orders and being a badass, a cocky bastard. Very well. And <laughs> she climbs up hmm, with mild interest at the twitching, sparking hull of the robot and climbs up to the top of the level ridge here. I believe the signal emanates from the other side of this asteroid. However, we have limited oxygen supplies. So I think we're still in the same scene. If I'm reading this right, the first scene is... That would take us to a new scene. Search the wreckage for any salvageable parts they can use. Oh yeah, you're right. And conserve as much oxygen as possible. Looks like Verkoven, who is absent-minded as always, is... uh, is headed straight for the headquarters, perhaps assuming that other people will just know what to gather up. Really? The Brainiac is just heading off into the... <laughs> yeah, dangerous robot infested, low gravity, possibly space pirates flying around on top of it, destroy it, just heading off. Still staring at her scanner. You know, she's going to get us killed. I'll protect her. You see what you can do about salvaging our ship. See if we can repa- nice. make repairs. Really? You want me to salvage the equipment? Oh, okay. I'll go salvage the equipment. It's very simple. Uh, just find some polarized transducers and uh, <laughs> yeah. two pairs of bicarious... I'm ready to roll my brains category now. What is your brains category? Six. You go protect... No, I'm gathering equipment. No, you go protect... What's her name? I'm going to go and gather equipment and see if we can get... A captain must stay with his ship. I'm going to try and fix the ship and see what we okay, can the, scavenge. The ship, is like in, the ship is like in two halves. <laughs> but if we find some molecular bonding strip... <laughs> bonding strip? <laughs> the directional bonding strip. <laughs> I just shake my head and start following the nut job. then maybe we can still manage to fix it. Okay, so it sounds like you're making a brains roll here? Yeah. D12. Okay, I got a 10 on the D12. And my brains... Oh, lovely, it's a 1. So I got a total of 11. Ooh. So it looks like you have all the parts that you need, but it's going to take you a while. I rolled an 11, too. So I'm going to say the time means... We've got to stop meeting like this. (laughs) I'm going to say that the time means that it's going to take you a little while and your oxygen supplies... Exactly. Your oxygen oxygen supplies are limited. So you're using up precious oxygen doing this. But it looks like you can get everything you need. All right. Are we talking over... They're off doing their... He's following her and... She, sorry, I keep forgetting. You guys are both. I'm on. No wonder nothing's going right. I'm on a ship with two women. Good God! <laughs> I got a little louder so I can hear it. He mutters to himself. 
if I can uh, totally see this character doing that. Yeah, too. yeah. He's like Kirk on steroids. <laughs> Do we all have the Uniwave communicators? I have one. Okay. It wouldn't make any sense to me otherwise. Right. I mean, they're always using radios and stuff right. like in these movies yeah. and everything. So. Yeah. This is your captain speaking. See if you can I find Omniware communicator. Oh, you got the Omniwave communicator. You got the special one. Yeah, Omniwave See if you can find among the wreckage some oxygen pellets. I have a jar of Martian dust, or dirt, but I'm not sure how that even comes into play. A what? A jar of Martian dirt. <laughs> well, we can come into play however we want it to. Yeah, I got enough plot points to do that. You could say, well, Martian dirt gives off... Crap, I'm out of practice on my techno babble. I could say it's C4. That too. I could say it's healing. You can say a lunar vampire. If only we had a jar of Martian dust. <laughs> but wait, we do. <laughs> its potent ferrocrystals are the only things that can burn the selenite blood drinkers. See, he's much better at that than I am. Yes, the Martian dirt has Kavanar crystals in it. And Kavanar crystals, don't you know, when exposed to... What's it, chemical radiation in the, in the atmosphere here gives off oxygen. All twelve radios is blah 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 blah. <laughs> if you have enough of that, it might buy us enough time to repair the ship. Of course, if I can. Did you see the ship? It's in two pieces. I have parts right here. See these? See that? Those are communication parts, Captain. My 11 brains roll says differently. Well, then you brought stuff that she didn't ask for. She wanted communications equipment so we could contact Cosmic Command or whatever it is. That's what you guys are going after. No. Yeah, she was just headed straight in that direction, and uh, the barbarian's going with her to keep her safe. Why is she heading... Wait, then why is she heading in that... Because she's totally absent-minded, and she's oh. just like, oh, yeah, we can fix that up if we find the right parts in the wreckage. Um, we probably have what we need. It's fairly common stuff. And oh, just McDonald's over the hill. Was just, like, walking over there. Okay, so I find a fuzz buster. And <laughs> use that. Okay, so I find parts strewn around the area, and I'm gathering them together in one pile by the wreckage of the ship. Excellent. So it brings us over to the Barbarian, I think. And actually, we don't have a big enough group that I have to help people keep track of stuff. Thank oh God. Beckeron, do you have a plan? I'm sorry? Because <laughs> we're just walking. Do you know where you're going? I believe that the source of the communications is on the other side of this asteroid. So you think there's a station over there or something? Yes, and I believe from the type of communications here that we can boost the signal using some commonly available parts and send a distress to HQ. So how far away is this place? Not terribly far. Do you think the captain's going to have enough oxygen if he doesn't come with us? Oh. Mmm. Yeah. Hmm. That is a difficulty. I get on my mic. Captain? Yes? You might want to come with us or she might die from oxygen, but that's your call. We're going over to a station. It might have oxygen. Okay. Do I have a pouch or a thing I can gather? You got hands. 
Yes, but I need my hands to carry my ray gun, which obviously could come in very handy, as we've already seen. I would say like those big, uncomfortable, stupid metal backpacks they had in Planet of the Eights. There we go. They had these backpacks which were really just like metal boxes. And I'm like, that's futuristic and dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I fill the grotesquely over-clunky and bulky backpack with the parts I find and follow in the direction that they went. Do I need to roll for that with brawn or anything, or can we just... No, I wouldn't think that's anything that carries significant risk of failure. Okay, cool. Hang on, girls, I'm on my way. There was that sexist and patronizing enough. Perfect. Thank you. So I think that might be the barbarian again, then. Oh, okay. Well, I got nothing else. I'm good. So then, uh, what's going on? What do you mean? You're the lead narrator. Oh, wait, no, what, what, are we? Uh, let's see, uh, modify, yeah, we've got the parts. Yeah, let me take a look here. Scene one, get the parts they need and conserve oxygen. Yeah, I think that moves us on to scene two, which could have a little bit more action in it from what I'm reading. I'm reading it too. Who's the lead narrator for scene two? I am. Okay. Why the hell am I reading this? Oh, I guess we should all know where we're... Yeah, so that we know. Okay, lead on, lead narrator. So Zach catches up with the group, and the three of you have been traveling along for about 15, 20 minutes. A very dismal place. You look up, you don't see any moons or any other planets or anything like that. The soil is very rocky. It's kind of a grayish-brown color, and it seems to be a little bit hilly. You go up and down, kind of like you know, a desert on there, and you crest one hill, and coming up the other side are three similar robots from the last one. Mm-hmm. But they don't seem to be malfunctioning like the last one. They spot you right away, and all three of them start to move towards you. All right. So let's see, who would be the first one up in this case, then? Are we following a strict rotation, or how does that work exactly? Well, I would say you can go first this time, and then... Ah, that would be that'd be an easy way to keep track of it. Whoever yeah. was lead narrator last, last time goes first this time. Yep, that makes yep. sense to me. Because you went last last time. Yep. Veteran looks down. It, well, it hasn't looked up from her scanner. Um, I'm detecting several positronic signals closing rapidly on this location. The fluctuating state indicates aggression, almost like attack routines, and yet they read like maintenance robots. Once again, not looking up. (laughs) Ray gun at the ready. Actually, both ray guns. Nope, nope. I have two pistols, but I only need one. (laughs) Okay. They're not that far away. You could fire now. But they're not attacking. They're coming towards you, yes. They haven't attacked yet. Uh, They haven't gone yet. Yet being the operative word, all right. It's not their turn yet. They go last. Right. So, whose turn is it? It's his turn. It would be it's... my Amazon's turn. Oh. Well, no, wait. I think whoever's the lead, the lead narrator, narrator goes, goes last. last. Right. And you already went, and he already went, because he's not looking up. Unless you're firing your ray gun. Yeah, that's what I, was, I was going to fire my ray gun on my turn. Oh, well, then fire. Okay. <laughs> your turn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's a D10. 
Oh, God. Shit. I rolled a 20. No, when you're in combat, you roll combat... Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. That's right. Darn it, I wanted to roll a 20. Well, you might as well. I rolled a 1, so anything you roll is going to beat my roll anyway. I'm taking it down to a D6, too. Five. Okay, yeah, you win. So the bolt sizzles past the robot and buries itself in the floor at its feet. Nice. Yep. Okay. That's why they call me the captain. Torvarud grunts out a scream, takes her axe off her back, and charges the one to the right. So they were in a row of three. She goes to the right one, and she swings her axe wildly at that one. She rolls a die ten. Gets a three. It rolls a die six. And gets a four. She misses it. So then the robot's turn. Okay. Two of them continue four. The one engaged with Tolvered engages with Tolvered. All three of them, their arms open up and axes come out of the arms. Ooh, they're like Maximilian, kind of. Yes. Sweet. And one of them charges you, and one of them charges Vacaron. So the one on you is going to roll and swings both axes like an atomachok or tomahawk type chop and gets a four. Okay, now I roll my combat die to defend. Yes. Okay, that's d8. I'm just rolling shitty right now. Okay, I rolled a two. Okay, so I hit you with my four. And one of the axes digs into your shoulder. <gasps> I have to get on the page that does damage. I think it's two, though. I don't know what my armor is. I can look that up, too. So my damage would be... I'm going to say two. And you've got three armor, dude. Okay. So I have one armor left, so at that point, I do not take any penalty. Not yet. So what it sounds like, and Mm -hmm. and I'm asking just to get a visual of the health graph, so it sounds like in the upper left-hand corner is the first X. Is that what I'm... There's a row... Like, you have a row of three dots. That's, like, your armor. Okay. Right below that is another row, and the first X in that row is marked. And that's your, where you start taking okay. the minus one to gotcha. Five. Okay. Okay. Vecaron. Stumbles back, finally, as the shadow of the robot falls over her, and clumsily reaches down for her Venusian phase gun, firing from the hip. Mostly because she can't get it out of the holster. (laughs) Mighty, mighty D6 for combat. Nice. I'm going to give you a plus one. Mm -hmm. Because as you stumble back, it was swinging at the same time, and you kind of dodged it inadvertently. Awesome. So I'm going to give you a plus one for, like, a dodge. Okay. And I rolled a one. Oh, awesome. I got a five, so my total is six. And the axe flies by just to the left of you and embeds itself into the ground. Now, the phase gun does three damage against robots. Here's the thing. That was my attack. Now it's your turn to go. Ah, okay. I thought it was all sort of in one roll kind of thing. I don't think so. You guys go, then I go. Gotcha. I'm attacking you, so you're defending. Makes sense to me. Well, now, I am firing... the same role for, you know, now that you're... Yeah, I don't mind if you use the same role if you want. 
No, if it's a separate role, it's a separate role. And since That's I'm firing, at it. what do you think, Eric? Yeah. Okay. It's your turn. You're at the head. Firing clumsily from the hip, the phase blast phases out the end of the holster, creating a hole there, and strikes a rock near the robot, causing it to sort of blink out of existence, but totally doesn't hit the robot at all. I rolled a one. <laughs> gotcha. Eric. Yes. It's your turn. Okay. I could use my ray gun, but I want to test out the system. So I am going to say, even though I don't know if this is allowed, but I'm going to just go with it. This is sort of the freewheeling nature of the game. I'm going to say that the robot swings the axe again, and Zack catches the arm and tries to force the axe back, kind of like the the stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself kind of thing. Okay. So I'm just going to roll his combat, which is D8. I can accept that. I'll roll mine. I rolled a one, so I think you're going to do it. Rolled a six. Nice. Go ahead and describe what happens. Okay. He grabs the axe-wielding arm, and the two of them match brawn for mechanical brawn. But <laughs> but after several moments of sheer and horrendous effort, the robot's arm gives, and the axe slices into the metal of the robot's... I don't know what these look like, so is it a dome? The head? Yeah. The metal, I guess, it, yeah, it doesn't look I'm like whatever we want, really. Uh, lost in space. Yeah, okay. So, into the robot's dome, sparks shoot out, and it does however much damage. I think it's three, you said? I thought I said two. Maybe. Yeah. Now, if you want to spend a plot point, I'll let you hit a vital wire and disable its movement. Something like that. Cool. All right, I'll do that. You can do two damage, which would take its arm around, and if you want to spend a plot point, you could disable it for movement or whatever you want to spend the plot point for. I'd be for, for that. Okay, I can't kill it, I would assume, with a plot point. No, it's minus one on brawn right now, but no, it's still... No. Okay. But you could disable I'll it. I'll disable the movement. That's that's cool enough. So I, yeah, um, I'll spend a plot point, which means what, I have two left? You would have two left. Okay. Yep. Let me write that down on my thing. But you know, why don't you just keep the one? Because I really like what you did. Oh, so... You can earn one plot point per scene, if I remember right. I think so, yeah. So I'm going to give you a plot point for that. So we're going to cancel each other out. Yeah, pretty much. Sweet, okay. All right, thank you. So the axe finally slices into the robot's dome, causing more sparks to fly, and the robot sputters and falls like dead weight to the ground with a clattering crash, or a crashing clatter, depending on how. (laughs) Very good. Thank you. Torred's turn, she actually, out of the corner of her eye, sees you do that. Kind of an expression of shock. (laughs) That you are capable of doing something like that goes across her face. And then you see determination go into her eyes, and she swings her axe as hard as she can to hit that robot. She cannot be one up by, you know, the Earthling. <laughs> I'm from... Yeah, that's what I say when the robot hits the ground. <laughs> I'm from Earth. <laughs> she rolled a four, and the robot rolled a six. Oh. So the robot kind of sidesteps her, and then it swings back with its axe. I'm just going to do that robot, and then I'll come back to Beckeron's robot. Works. So she's sort of off balance, and I'm going to give the robot a plus one against me. And, let's see, it gets a six, and I get two. 
So I take two damage, but I have four armor, so I'm still okay. And the one on Vecaron, you see it, some lights on its chest. Kind of what you would think, maybe you being a scientist, it's kind of artificial intelligence reacting to what's happened. Mm-hmm. And it kind of realizes that Zack seems to be the biggest threat right now. So oh, it, okay. it moves away from you and charges Zack with the axes. And right before it's going to get there, the axe actually releases out of the arm and comes flying at your head, Zack. Okay. Whoa. I'm going to roll my attack. You roll your defense, and I think you're okay. I rolled a one. Seven. Okay. So, describe how I miss you. I do one of those really cool Kirk tuck-and-roll jobbies, and the axe sails harmlessly over my gyrating body. (laughs) (laughs) But I make it look good, you see. (laughs) So, we're up to Vecaron's turn. Who aims at the back of the distracted robot and fires her? Ooh, sweet! And fires her phase gun. Okay. Oh man, for a mighty three. Oh, I got a. You had your two. Yeah. Wow. I got a five. So um, I've only got a d6 for combat. Not really my thing, you know. So I have plot points as the narrator, don't I? Yes, it goes into a pool. Let me see how that works. I think it's like one per scene or something. Yeah, so I'm going to spend a plot point here. Okay. With one plot point, and every time a player spends a plot point, the LN receives a plot point. Oh, okay. Okay. So so I have two right now because he spent one. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's right. So your shot misses the robot. It actually, it hits Zack. Oh, no. But but not a damaging attack. Mm-hmm. It hits your suit, Zack, and it causes a little hole in your air suit. Oh, sh- oh now you've done and gone and made me mad. And with that, we'll go to you. All right, that's it. I'm pulling out both ray guns, firing. Fire away, sir. <laughs> All right, that's D10, so i got to switch my... So does he get to fire for both of those, or just one? I think probably just one. And just and can't do nice. double damage, or do you do just regular damage? Uh, that's up to you, lead narrator. I think what I'm going to do is allow you to fire for each of them if you want. Okay. We'll make them separate rolls. Okay. Now, you can make them one roll, and we'll do double damage if you hit. I don't care. Either way is fine. All right, I got a five. And I got a six. Son of a bitch. I'm rolling pretty good today. Okay, but... Can I use a... Well, I guess I probably needed to say that before you rolled. No, no. Can I use a plot point to uh, enhance that roll? Yeah. I didn't see anywhere in there where they you had to use the plot points beforehand. Okay. Well, and, oh, I, and I'm going to read the real book between right, now we're just and, having fun right now. Yeah, exactly. But I'm digging this, though. It's I like how the mechanic stays the same regardless of what you're actually doing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Makes things really nice and fast, which is the way I like it. Okay. Um, so you tie him at a six, which yeah. you would. I'm. We've sort of determined that you would win on that. Okay, so that's double damage. That's four. Okay, so you fire through its armor. Actually, it's at a minus two on brawn. So basically, when it says minus two, that means it goes down a die type, correct? No, I would think it. Oh, is it? I don't know. I is, think so. 
unless it says that in the rule, I would think it was just minus two from its result. Ah, you think that's what it means? I'm not sure. So it rolls its normal die. I would have to. I would have to reread the thing. Okay. If we're looking at the health flow chart, the first X is minus one to all future brawn rolls. Second X is minus one to all future brawn and combat rolls. Yeah, so it's a minus to the die. It, it keeps its die. Yeah, it looks I like think so. I think the cortex system is the one that goes down. It is, yeah. That one you go down by okay. steps. I was thinking that would be a cool mechanic here to go down. Because basically it's brawn would be gone then. But anyway, that's cool. Okay, and I think that leads us to my Amazon. If I'm right. Yeah, I think that should be right. Okay. Well, once again, she's getting a glimpse of how well Zach is doing. <laughs> now, through her suit, you can see her perspiring on her forehead. She's really putting effort into this now, and she swings the axe in a way that would cut the robot in half. Nice. And she gets a four, and it gets a one. So it takes four damage, so it's in the same spot that yours is in on there as she slices into the side of the robot. So kind of summarizing, because we're back... Oh, wait, no, I've got one on you, Zach, right now. we got one that's immobile, and we've got the one on Zach now taking a, a, a shot at you, or its other axe that it didn't fire at you is now swinging down. Okay. And it is at a minus one on combat. So it gets a two. Okay, can I defend with my ray gun trying to shoot the axe out of its hand? Yes. Yeah, okay. I'd allow that. Okay. It's going to get a, kind of a defense roll. Well, I'm, that's how I'm defending against its attack. But it's kind of an attack. No, you're, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine. I rolled a five. Okay. So you're going to defend against its axe. Now, I think it would get a defense roll to... Which it rolled a one, so it doesn't really matter on there, because you're kind of counter-attacking. Either that, or we could do it the way Fate does stuff like that, where it's, if you're trying to do suppressive fire, for example, even though you're firing bullets, you are not allowed to do damage with a suppressive fire, because that's not your intent. Okay. So, in this case... So what was your intent on My this? intent was to block the axe. Oh, okay. So, maybe, it's, okay. maybe it sees the bolt being shot and alters its swing. Perfect. I'm good with that. Cool. Okay, so we've got one robot disabled. Mm-hmm. We've got two of them that have taken a lot of damage, and we're now back to Vecaron. Hey, who aimed at one of the damaged robots and then takes a moment. Wait a minute. I know these. These are Model B 24 stroke Z. I know this. <laughs> Sorry, go on. And I'd like to use my expert roboticist special die okay. as an attack die. Okay. Nice. So are you trying to get in behind it and maybe disable it or yeah, like, like open I know up the where, panel or something? I know where the positronic brain is located. Gotcha. So I'm going to take careful aim at that and try to hit the positronic brain with my phase ray. Okay. And any and game that lets you say that is okay with me. Yep, and I'm going to give you the plus two because it's still not looking at you. Sweet. So my expert roboticist is a little bit better as a D12. Well, your plus two will tie. And it's 
still gave me a four total. Now I rolled a two. Oh, okay, that works then. So describe what happens, and you're going to disable it. Completely put it out. All right, so with uh, three damage, the phase beam cuts a cone-shaped hole halfway through the robot, neatly encompassing the positronic brain and causing it to just drop out of phase with the rest of the universe and fall out of the robot and down through the asteroid. It drops out normally, and then it does a jump cut to where it's just gone. Oh, nice. Give yourself a plot point for that. Thank you. And was that the one that was fighting Zack, or the one that was fighting Tolvered, or was it the one that was disabled? Oh, she would totally take the one that was fighting the captain. Gotcha. Okay. Captain. Am I reading my clock wrong, or are we at the time when we usually like to stop? We are at the time that we stop, so I was going to finish this battle and then call it. Works for me. I hate, you know, it's almost over. Yeah. Works fine. Crap, I've been muted this whole time. I've been saying all kinds of cool crap and no one heard anything. God damn it. Okay. (laughs) Sucker. It is your time to up the red Amazon and show why you're captain, sir. All right. Well, I give her a grin for taking that robot off my hands and trying to think of something to do that's flashier than just firing my ray gun. What other equipment do I have? An Atomolite. A Tomolite. Okay. It's so crazy, it just might work. (laughs) I pull out my Atomolite, turn the dial up to 10, which makes the light shine 10 candles worth. Okay. Which, actually, I don't even know if that's pittance, but we're going to say it's not. (laughs) We're going to say that's a lot. Damn it. (laughs) As bright as 10 suns. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. And shine it directly into the photoreceptor of the robot. Okay. I would say this would be more of a brains thing than a combat thing. What do you think? I agree. Okay. It got with a minus one, it got a five. Well, don't forget, you got to roll the d12. You're you're rolling the d20, that's right. I got to roll the d12. That's right. We're out of combat. I mean, we're in combat, but this is not a combat action. Okay. Right. Six. And <laughs> I got a one. Oh, damn. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, baby. Wow. It was a good time getting that high score out of the way when I got a one. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so describe what happens, and you will be disabling it. Okay. Uh, it shines down. his Atomo light into the electric eye of the robot, blinding it. The eye winks out, being overpowered by the bright light, which he quickly turns off to avoid casting it on any of us. And the blind robot stumbles and careens haphazardly. Uh, let's see, where the hell are we? What is our terrain right now? We're in the we're in on the asteroid, but we're there's it's, it's like it's like a sand dune, but rockier. Okay, careens. We wouldn't happen to be on top of a sand dune, would we? Yeah, you were just coming over the edge when you saw them. They were coming up the hill. All right, he careens off the side of the dune, and in an electronic scream goes cartwheeling down the side and off screen, for lack of a better term, coming to mind. Gotcha. Good. Well, and like we were talking about, it is after nine, my time. Yep. This is a cool game once we got through the uh, figuring out how things worked. 
I'm looking forward to coming back to this after having reread the main book and you know yeah. being a little bit more practice in on it and seeing what we can do with this. Yep, and I got to go put my kids to bed, okay. so I don't have a lot of time. All right, okay. I'll talk to you guys later. All right, cool. All right, okay. All right, man. Then cool. I'll talk to you next time. All right. Take it easy, man. Yep. You too. And there you have it. Now, we didn't even get far enough into the adventure to determine why it is called the Kong Protocol. No, I'm not going to do that joke again. I already did it twice. But we did enjoy the fast and loose nature of the game. Now, since this test was recorded, we have had a chance to play it with Josh. And we came to the conclusion that although we like the setting, the mechanics are a bit... I don't know. In ways that they need to be hand-wavy, they're hand-wavy enough, but in ways where they try to put rules in, even as light as the rules are, when you get into combat, I think it's too... It's not too granular in the same way something like Hero System is too granular. It's just that there really needs to be a way to take out mooks. In this playtest and in the other playtest, which didn't get recorded, we spent so much time trying to take out just a couple robots, or in our case here, three robots, that they may as well have been major villains in the adventure, and I don't think that's what they were designed to be. They were supposed to be a minor setback, I would imagine. So either we're doing something wrong, or and not understanding the rules properly, or there's a flaw in the system. Or it's just not a game for us. Those are the three possibilities. I don't know which one is correct. To me, when you're running a pulp sci-fi game or a pulp anything game, you need to have a way of very speedy combat. And although resolving the actions is speedy, when you have ray guns that only do two to three points of damage, and you've got armor, and you've got health, and you've got all this, it's just, it's too much. So, those are my thoughts on the game. I've not completely given up on it, I might take it for one more spin just to see if we can find a way to get around the problem we've been having, but as it stands right now, on April 10th, 2014, these are my thoughts on the game. Have you played it? What are yours? Did you find the test to be an adequate representation of the game and how it works? Does it make you want to play the game? Do you agree with my assessment? Do you disagree with my assessment? Do you have any suggestions for workarounds? All of these things and more can be discussed on our Facebook page. So just go to our website and click on the Facebook link. Or if you're in Facebook, you can search for Monkeys Took by Jetpack. Jetpack is one word. And it'll come up, and you can click on the page and like us, and let the discussion begin. Anyway, next time we'll be back to Dresden. And so until then, this is Blind Geek, saying thanks for listening, and reminding you that your imagination is just like a jetpack. You gotta keep it fired up, and always let it soar!